Welcome to episode four for Lovecraft Country Review, A History of Violence. You know, so very much America. So yeah, well, now much America. Yes, yes. I mean, America has a history of violence, and um, they definitely spoke about that in this episode. And Grant, thank you, HBO, HBO Max, for putting out this episode uh, two days early. It actually came out Friday afternoon instead of the normal Sunday night at uh, 9 p.m., even though we're still going to live tweet it at that oh, time. Oh, we are so live tweeting because I got questions and I need people, and I need to see what the, what the people that are involved in the episode making, what they mm-hmm. say. Because there's so many questions I have. There was a lot of stuff in this episode that, um, I mean, it still references bit, bits and pieces towards episode three with, with the Holy Ghost and the, the Haunted House. But this episode was more of a, um, an adventure. You know, buried treasure, uh, the, the, the uh, trio, the new trio, Montrose, Letty, and Tick, are going to Boston to search for the, the book of names, the, tor- the lost pages or the stolen pages um, that was uh, hidden. Uh, I believe they were hidden in a museum in Boston. Mm-hmm. This felt like a, watching a, a black version of an Indiana Jones movie. Like the whole time I'm laughing and enjoying it. Like I would love to see this, if this trio or this type of movie was made with uh, this kind of cast, like a family goes out looking for buried treasure because this felt like a typical black family with a little arguing and the, the disputes and stuff like that. Um, I really, I think I enjoyed this episode more um, Maybe because it wasn't as horror or suspense filled, but I enjoyed this episode more than the other three. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And why do you think? Because of the, the adventure element or? Yeah, yeah. I mean, episode to me, episode one is still the best because of the suspense of the sundown uh, counties and sundown towns. But uh, the adventure element is what I found more relatable. Not well, I'm not an I'm not a Los, I'm not an Indiana Jones, but I like those type of movies like Mummy and things uh, National Treasure. So I felt that this was that kind of movie where um I guess super paraphrasing the plot, you know, the the, the trio uh now with uh Lida, uh, Hippolyta and D, uh they actually go across country to Boston. Um and while they're there, they go to a museum that actually was supposed to be um uh, was it Atticus Brathwaite. No, I'm sorry, Tad, Titus Brathwaite uh, was one of the founders of this museum. So they go there looking for possible clues to where they can find those stolen pages of the Book of Names, uh, which we'll break down later on in this episode. But it was a lot of elements that was a nod to, you know, Indiana Jones and Lost Ark, uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. It just was, I mean, it was, it was fine. It was, I'm not Pirates saying it's Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, definitely <laughs> Pirates of the Caribbean, but it, it wasn't a knock. I'm not saying all these guys that had no creative uh, talent. This is a, a wash. I liked it. I enjoyed it. And I thought it, I felt, I, if they didn't mean to, it was subconsciously, it was, it was there. For me, I, I saw it. What did you think of the museum scenes? Well, I, I like the museum scenes. Um, mm-hmm. Like you mentioned, I, I think, you know, it, it's rare when you see a, like a black family or a black crew going on an adventure like that where they have to go through booby traps and, you know, things that you would normally see like an Indiana Jones type character or, you know, in the mummy movies. And I think it was really to see that. Um, I also think it, it added the, the Lovecraft country um, element by the title of the episode, which is the history of violence. Um, so anytime you want to explore some history where you're going on a treasure hunt, you can't completely ignore that there were some true horrors that occurred and the reason for some of those horrors. And I think the episode was still able to capture some of that. Uh, 
But I mean, if the title of the episode doesn't give it away, um, there's a lot of violence in this particular episode. Um, and it has been throughout the entire series. Um, but, but what I enjoyed about this is, even though they went on an adventure, it still focused on the overall mystery to me, which is um, I'm, I'm still holding out a, a little bit of hope that there's something deeper to the origin, this magic that everyone is fighting over. Um, I think this episode deepened the mystery of who is playing what role, uh, what the characters are doing, whether it's um, Tick's father, uh, Montrose, whether it's Christina's, you know, goes, and Kay has a very interesting theory about Christina. Uh, yeah, and I, and I like that. I don't want I don't want the show to give away everything in the first four episodes. Mm-hmm. I want it to to be engrossing, but to still leave a little bit of room where you're like, hey, when are we going to get to this answer? When are we going to get to that answer? And it feels like it's not being stretched out just to be stretched out. Yeah, but you mentioned history of violence. It's I think that well for me anyway. I thought that the title was on par with not just the violence that you see, uh, that you're able to actually see during the episode, it's also the history of it. Because um, if you go back to the beginning of that episode, it starts with uh, Montrose, then you hear the voices in his head. And it's one of the voices is his father, I guess, as he's about to uh, beat Montrose when he was a kid. Mm-hmm. So I'm, that, I mean, that, which I didn't pick up on my wife, I give credit to my wife uh, for, for picking that up on her second time watching it, is that uh, Montrose had a flower in his hair and his father beat him for, you know, I guess looking a little fancy or, or possibly soft, uh, putting a flower in his hair. And that then goes into possibly why he also, you know, he got beat as a child. And maybe he then passed those beatings down to Tick as well. So there's a history of violence there. Not just that. So keeping to that part about what I, about Montrose at the very beginning, did you hear how when he burns the book, he says, it smells, smells like, like Tulsa. Yes, yes. I was like, yeah. so, so what does she think about this? So let's assume Montrose's dad is a certain age. I don't feel like he, he would have been a kid in Tulsa. If he's the age that I think he is, he would have been a kid in Tulsa. Yeah, he would have had to be a kid because he couldn't say it smells like Tulsa and have been an adult or older because he's not. I hate that actor because he does like, you can't judge that actor's age. He, he could have been, um, uh, <laughs> if it, well, because what this, the... This Oscar is 55. Country takes place this in 55. Is... Uh, the race right. riots and uh, race massacre, anyway, in Tulsa happened in 21. So that's what, uh, 34 years later? So it could have, so yeah. technically, um, Montrose's like father could have been a small child. Uh, yeah. or, no, or, or, because how old is Montrose? Montrose looks like Montrose he's 40. Is... I'm not... Yo, okay, that's the other thing. That's what I'm saying. I was like, yo, I need y'all to have chosen better actors because. <laughs> Not to say, not to, not 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 to say they're not they're great actors, but it's I'm having this hard time putting the actor that's playing Montrose's father as mm-hmm. being this kid's father because I'm like, dude, you look like you may be forty. I'm sorry, like I don't know your real age. You look too dang young. Mm-hmm. Like I need I need someone to help me with this. And then Montrose, I'm like, I mean Montrose like Montrose looks young, and then you have Tick, and I'm like, okay, so you got through the war. Okay, so let me put you at 22, 23, but I'm like, but you don't look it. Like, I don't, everybody's age is thrown off. The only people who have the age that I associate with it should be mm-hmm. is Uncle George. Cause I'm like, Uncle George looks like he's in his 50s. Okay, we got it. I got this. Yeah, but uh, in real life, I mean, the actors who play um, uh, Tick, uh, Jonathan Majors, he's 30. 
And then Michael uh, K. Williams, who plays Montrose, is fifth is fifty three. So technically, what? they could be father yeah. and son. No, <laughs> so, he's how old? He's fifty three. I'm looking. I'm I'm going to the interwebs. So they, <laughs> so, <laughs> so he's he's fifty three. What? Okay, can I just say, I really don't crack. Like, just say it. Like. Like and I know he should be older because like I remember like different things that he's been in, but woo, mm-hmm. brother, you are amazing at fifty three. Yeah, and and yeah, so and the Courtney B. Vance, Uncle George, he's um right. he's sixty. So his age between his age and and Montrose, they could technically have been older brother, younger brother kind of thing. Yeah. As far as uh, that goes, it's good casting. It I guess that's the casting. downside of casting black people since we don't age as badly as others. <laughs> so, yeah, you can't so, tell what so. the characters are in this right. case. Because <laughs> Letty, like Letty's the only one that's like, okay, cool. She young. She really young. Well, she's the same. She's she's actually older than than Tick. She's th- she's thirty three. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry to make us all feel old now, but yeah, she's 33. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I know it's because I'm still putting her back in her in um the Full House it? days. No, oh my god, I forgot. Full <laughs> days. Oh my gosh, yes, the little, when she was a little girl. Okay, dang. But yeah, I'm sorry, Michael K. Williams, you are amazingly aged because you and yeah, your on-screen son don't look that far in age. Okay, so then yeah, he could be. So then he would have been a child. Yeah, then he could have been he could have been a small child um, at the point when his dad was beating the crap out of him. But the other part about the history of violence mm-hmm. for me is the scene when they are in the the museum in Boston, because you notice the lady, the the wonderful woman. Uh, <laughs> yes, that 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 wonderful woman. Mm-hmm. She says how Titus had to help the savages and help civilize them. I was yes. like, oh. That, really? was, that was that was that was sounded like a um, typical at the time period. You know, we're you know, white people, whatever the white culture, white civilization is. This is the uh, epitome of class and style and civilization. And we're bringing. And if you don't have this, then you obviously are a savage people. Right. So, so like, we're bringing this to you, like. Right. So what? you you claim that they're savages, and so you wipe them out and stole their stuff because he because the peoples gave it to him. Sure, they did. <laughs> did they give it to him because they were dead? Like yeah. you know, like, like Killmonger says in Black Panther, he said, "How do you think your ancestors got all this stuff in this museum?" And so he wasn't, it wasn't donated. <laughs> exactly. Like, I'll take this from you. Even now, still with museums, like they still give that whole idea of, well, no, it was done by it was an even exchange. You know, the 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 conquerors. I'm still using air quotes. The conquerors. They were given to this. They were given this by the pe- by the native people, to help with blah 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 blah. Even in today, our museums, our history, everything is so sanitized for the better of one. True. True. And that's not even going to how we learn this stuff in school, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's the whole. That's a whole <laughs> so, other episode. So uh, it's like the way that she talks about it. I was like, wow, we really are giving a sanitized history of violence to make it seem like what he did as the explorer was so good and you know giving it to people here's this history I'm like yeah whatever y'all all deserve to die i just kidding i didn't say but, that you know either. that's the, the the power in saying something is unknown and it's being explored so it's viewed as no matter what's being done it's all really just part of exploration which should be a good thing so yeah it's not about that people already lived there so everything was already you know, known in terms of the actual land. 
It's what we're exploring it. And right. anything that's stopping us from being able to explore it uh, must be removed. Can I explore and, the um, Fort Knox, please? I want to discover Fort Knox and some stuff in there. I want to liberate good something. You're, you're more than welcome that. to go ahead yeah, and try to luck with that. I mean, discover. <laughs> I think that's Those a little bit more adventure than we want right now. <laughs> but I, I think this, this episode, in terms of what it revealed um, in the museum, it, you know, it's a perfect analogy for, for like you, like Hanif just mentioned, how some of those items got there. Uh, a lot of these items were taken from um, indigenous people. And that's the secret behind, you know, the land that was being explored and, and what happened. That's, you know, so in terms of uh, Letty's house, the Winthrop house, there were bodies in the, in the, in the basement. Uh, and it's the same thing with the museum. In terms of that history, there are a lot of bodies that are still being hidden or that people tend to overlook. And this episode revealed someone that to me is, I don't want to give away the ending, but I, I think we're going to see more away. of well, that. I mean, this episode is a, is a review. So, I mean, I think we yeah. can talk about it. So, I mean, for people uh, who have not watched uh, Sunday's or actually this weekend's episode, episode four, just please be warned that we will be discussing in detail uh, what happens in episode four. Yeah, because I got two pages worth of notes. So yeah. <laughs> it, it was got spoilers locked and loaded. So you know, just I do. I'm sorry, I do. I just there's so many of them. Like, can we go back to Montrose though? Sure, we got time. I hate him. <laughs> wow. I am true. <laughs> like, let, okay, let me let me just be let me just say this right now. This episode, I am not liking any of the naturally male characters and i say naturally male because i still got my issues my suspicions about william but i do not uh, tick annoyed me and i love what letty says to him when they're underground because tick tick has that same issue and montrose annoys me because you know what your brother told you your brother told you to give the book to tick to save your family Letty just told you that, th that Christina came to her house. So you think that by stepping away, it's going to save you guys. But this woman has already come to her house, which lets you know it's not going to end if you just wipe your hands away. So the fact that Montrose, and yes, I get it. He's, he's suffering from his own demons that we're slowly seeing. But dude, you just burnt the book. Like, and that's just a small thing that you do this episode that pissed me off. <laughs> like you burnt the book. That's number one. The second one, which I'm not going to say what he does. See, I can I can abide by spoilers. Um, like the second thing is just like, I need the same thing that you did to the second person to happen to Montrose at this point. Because you're not helping. You're impeding. And you are actively impeding. And actively you're assisting the other lodge in their own their own agenda. You say you're trying to help your kid and save your kid, but you're really playing into how it's going to hurt them in the future or how it's actually hurting them now because if she would if he would have just said here's another lodge this is what's happening there's a lodge here in town hey maybe the whole thing with the house could have been avoided but see you're you're thinking like how they're thinking i don't believe that montrose is doing any of this because he's trying to protect his family I don't do I think he wants to protect his family to some extent absolutely but I think he is very aware of what he's doing 
And I don't think it's just based off of that book. Um, and the reason why I say that, because we really don't know why he was captured previously. But when you oh. think about it, if he was never captured, would Tick have ever gone out there? And the answer to that is no. no. If Tick never went out there, would they have been able to destroy that first lodge, which basically set Christina free? No. So my question is, who is he really working for? Because everything that he's doing is seems to all fit into Christina's plan. Because without him, they never would have had Tick. True. So, so I think uh, he's doing some of this on purpose. Well, towards the end of this show, I think um, uh, the final scenes of episode four makes me uh, agree with what you're saying. Before that happened, I thought he was just like a dude who knows the real power that's behind everything and he's so scared that he's just doing anything to stop it from reaching I, I think under his misguidance he's thinking he's actually protecting his son by getting rid of any knowledge of the you know the book of adam and it's another book of, book of names and, and the son of adam's uh, cult people i think he's thinking that if i if i get rid of this if i burn this book no one's gonna know tick won't know and letty won't know and and will, everything will go back to how it was like no, this this stuff is in play. People are actively, you know, looking for you guys and, and, and trying to get ticked. Right, and now you've actively placed other people in more danger. He's just yeah. So he's working, but is he consciously working for somebody, or is he unconsciously working for somebody because of the time that he spent in their control? Like, how much control does Christina have over people? We saw that Tick, we saw that Tick couldn't shoot her, um, but can she manipulate others in a similar fashion? I mean, clearly she can't do it with the with the with the white men of the area because we saw what happened with her and the captain. But uh, uh, speaking of the captain, who the hell do they have behind the wall? I thought I was waiting to hear. Oh, well, waiting here. I was waiting to actually see that because I felt like someone was getting tortured. Wait, like, what? Is it I mean, another black person that went missing? Oh, could be. Please don't let it be Uncle George. I'm just saying. It, oh, Jesus. Look. I, I'm not ready to see Uncle George getting tortured. Like <laughs> yeah. the, the, the dead body or, or what? Yeah, I'm not ready for that. Yeah, because he would have so much knowledge. Like, And I feel like Christina's, Christina's been pulling a lot of strings to get herself free, which I accept and I'm okay with. But again... I don't want to bring up the, the end, but I'm still not sure about those two. What I did enjoy was that uh, Lida, you know, she's she still has some reservations as to the true death of her husband, Uncle George. So she's a she, and it's still now uh, Woody. The car that the station wagon they're using to get to Boston is in her possession. So she's actually the one driving, you know, getting like, basically she's going to be their new guy. She's the new Gandalf of the of the group <laughs> as as they make their way uh, east again. And now D's along with them. So that's going to be interesting to see uh, how they interact uh, going cross country. I'm, I'm presuming this is possibly her first time uh, going across country D. So she may have some new artwork for her, for her new comic. Hopefully. But so we got to hear um, uh, Lida's father as she's trying to explain the Ori to him to say, to see what he has, yeah, like to explain like what it is. And like her dad has a lot of information. Mm -hmm. Who is he? <laughs> well, maybe we'll find out. But that's good though. It wasn't like he was just like, oh, I don't understand. At least, and uh, that, what I liked is that is that here's a um, uh, young black woman who, at that time, probably or stereotypically, 
wasn't uh, normally the, those women or women in general weren't knowledgeable about science and, and astrology and stuff and astronomy like that. And here she is, she's well versed in it, almost like a uh, a female Neil deGrasse Tyson <laughs> for a time, which I thought was pretty cool. Now that she has the Ori, and that's the same thing that Christina's looking for. So Christina's trying to get into that uh, to the mansion, looking for that Ori. So there's something in it. And which uh, even uh, lighters like there's got to be a way to open this thing up to see right. how it works. Like, and I'm, and there I'm, has to be a key. Mm -hmm. But the Ori is a time machine because that's what Christina says to Captain. What's Captain's name? Captain Lancaster that she's trying to get access to the to his um, time machine. Right, and I'm wondering if it's a time machine as far as what is she trying to? Is she trying to go back in time to obtain something, or is she trying to go into the future? to uh, possibly obtain something. And then the question is, does, we know, I feel like we know that Lida is gonna get it open because in the, like when they, at the very beginning of the show, when they were showing scenes for weeks to come, mm -hmm. we saw her in different clothes. And I feel like she may have been transported in time at that point, which is great. Oh, okay. Cause I was wondering, I was like, so, cause I thought that she would get sent to like another planet, but maybe mm -hmm. she doesn't. And maybe that's just the future or the past. Also, oh, maybe she's actually going into uh, ancient Roman times. Was that like a Roman uh, armor that she was wearing? Was that possibly Greek armor? It could be because what she's Apollo. She named the chariot Athena's chariot. Uh, she named the comet Athena's comet. Yeah, Roman or Greek? Oh. Uh, wait, who's Ro is Athena Roman or Athena Greek? God, I forgot mythology. That's so horrible. But yeah, so she's she's definitely time traveling. But is it going to be a good thing or a bad thing? Like and she's why? lost in time forever. Oh, that would suck, and that would make me cry. I don't want that. That's, to that's really interesting theory now. Uh, so the question I have about it is: Is there another force at work that's guiding her? Because it seems to be outside of everyone's control, even Christina, who wanted it, but it was not there because something else was occurring with it. Because um, Hippolyta had it. So is there another force that's involved right now uh, guiding some of these events that are taking place so when like so maybe like a third and fourth faction because someone helped Apollo to find it like the house itself opened its door to her to get it so yeah. either the house wants her to have it I don't think that the 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 previous homeowner wanted her to have it I can't see that happening oh. No. Or maybe, because maybe he doesn't want it to fall into the hands of the current group of that current faction, that current house, the 30, whatever, the Chicago house. I mean, that is a good idea. I mean, yeah, who, yeah, who's truly uh, controlling that house? Uh, I know we've talked about Montrose a little bit, but I'll just jump back onto his um, character. There was a segment in the museum when Tree is talking to Tick. And uh, asking him, was he mad that he told him that Sammy was in the uh, the, the alleyway at the time when he was, you know, having sex with the uh, with the, with another guy in the back? And Tick, Tick doesn't even isn't even focused on what Tree is saying. No, he Tick says is that so well, you know, he saw, he knows uh, Tree knows that um, Sammy had spent a lot of time with Montrose. So is it possible that Montrose and Sammy were an item, or that he just possibly was just a friend of his? And Tree mistakenly thought that because he's hanging out with a guy who was sleeping with other men, that he's also um, fond of guys as well. This is what I dislike about Tick for that. Like, Tick is easily manipulated. Like, dude, why is your first thought to say, oh, oh, then my father must be gay? Like, or, 
or maybe your father knows a lot of people like well i think he said it because the way tree was trying to make it sound like oh you know you mad because i told you the sammy was back there and you know in the alley and then uh, your, uh, your, your dad was spent a lot of time out there too so it's not like he's saying, oh, your dad likes to hang out in the alley. It's just like, you're trying to say that your dad is, is gay. And so, you know, ticks like, my dad's not a sissy, blah, blah, blah. Oh, no. I'm not a sissy. And then he, but then he makes it seem like, well, maybe it's your dad. But I'm like, take that's twice that treat unscrewed you. Like, he got you with the thought about, with the thoughts about Letty and you, um, and you automatically believed him, which, why? And now it's this thing with your dad and you're like, well, let me, let me just, cause you like takes entire demeanor change when his father walked up to him and then he's looking at him with the um, security guard, like, oh, well maybe I'm like, or maybe cause you know, there are Masons, Freemasons. Maybe did you think that maybe your dad's a Mason and these other people are part of the Masonry? No, no. We just think, well, what Tree said, it struck a little bit too close to home. Why? You ain't seen this dude in years and you listening to him? Tick is so easily manipulated that it bothers me that this thing is centered around him. You know, what, what bothers me is somebody who's getting a ride halfway across the country is talking so much. So, <laughs> I mean, did he put in for gas? Did he do, you know, he's basically hitching a ride and he's doing nothing but trying to create problems um, and criticizing everyone. Yeah. Um, so I, I understand that, you know, the episode putting a little bit of, um, you know, I guess tension in, but Tree is starting to wear on me as a character. Tree didn't wear on me the first time he talked about his three legs. I'm like, oh, then how about we, cut, we chop one of them down? That's just me. I'm sorry. That's, that's yeah, I don't, <laughs> I guess he's a good actor because I really want to stab him. <laughs> Maybe that's not right. But yeah, Tree just, yeah. <gasps> But the question is, who also told him about the trip? So, again, I think there's a lot that's going on behind the scenes that we don't know yet. Um, You know, can Tree be some kind of an informant right now? It's possible. Oh, you know what? He could be. See, this is why I like thinking things through with people, because then you guys make me think about those that I wouldn't have thought about. I just thought Tree was an a-hole and wanted to to deck him. Oh, no, he still is. (laughs) He still is, but... (laughs) Like, I didn't even think that he might be one of the people because that's the second time where he's done something that has led to a reaction. The first time was with him with, with Tick and Letty and then that went that had Tick go and have sex with Letty in a not so nice way, but whatever. And yeah, like he keeps doing stuff to push you in a, in a direction. Can we kill him now? Maybe, maybe he doesn't come back from Philly. Maybe that's what it is. He just stays in Philly and never, come, and never returns. I doubt it. He'll probably be back. Oh, I'm sorry. I know to stop doing that. But because we were talking about the museum, remember how in the museum that they see um, when we see Braithwaite's map, there are so many similarities to Braithwaite's map to Diana's. Because, like, I don't know if you guys noticed this, but, like, nothing is, it's not just normal things on the map. So, like, for Africa, on the map of where it was for Africa, there's a giant serpent. For, um, it was like we were above Spain and there were like sea monsters. Then like on the east, or like I guess in the Americas, South America, there was like a giant butterfly. And then like above Portugal, like I guess on the coast of Portugal, there was like these weird other 
the sea monsters were near Portugal. The thing that looked like a, a octopoid creature was above Spain. And I'm like, a lot of this is very similar to how Diana draws on her father's maps. So are you, are you saying that possibly Diana is also is uh, um, also reaching out to uh, the Braithwaites, the Braithwaites, as well? Potentially, yeah. Like I don't know if she's doing it on purpose, but like there's something in her that allows her to see the same, like that allows her to see it this, in a similar way that they are. Because I just thought it, like I thought it was so interesting that because I kept looking at the map and I'm like, why is there a giant snake for Africa? why is there these things and why is there this stuff and i'm like but this it so reminds me of diana's maps because it's like yeah it's the place but it's the danger of the place and like why would you have butterflies until we saw the the preview for next week but then i'm like oh that explains butterflies but i'm just like or maybe i'm way looking too far into everything no i, I think we've been pretty much uh, well we ha neither, none of us has read the uh the books but i think our ideas however far-fetched they may be, have some semblance of uh, logic to it when you when you see like the following episode, like, oh, okay, yeah, that, that makes sense. Like, uh, for example, we're still talking about the um, uh, the, the museum, like the tunnel. Yeah. Like, we like, where does that tunnel lead? And you know, in the museum episode, we, we find out. Like, it's things like that that I think it's pretty odd that we think we... these crazy ideas, but yep, here they come. They, they actually are true. But can you imagine being able to travel like that? Like, yo, they just really went in a two-hour span. They went from underground. They went from Boston to Chicago. Yeah, that's a, a, well, even going <laughs> before that, like when when they are looking for a way to get into this secret tunnel inside of the uh, museum, that's where I felt like it was like um, uh, Indiana Jones and the Lost Ark because they use and Indiana Jones they use the sunlight on the medallion to show you the, the proper place of where the Ark was originally buried. And this one, they use the the moonlight. To reflect that off of, moonlight. yeah, the, yeah, the, the, the world's strongest moonlight uh, to bounce off of um, uh, the statues to show you the proper way to open up the door for this uh, the secret uh, passageway in the museum. Mm. I was like, okay, Indiana Jones, okay. And then they go down, and they go down, and uh, on a rappel down on the rope. I'm thinking all he has, Tick has to do when he gets off the rope is says, "Why does it have to be snakes?" snakes. <laughs> <laughs> I got a Jones moment. But yeah, I was like, why'd she break that window? Like, not the window, why'd she break the display? I mean, I get that she needed to, but that black dude gonna lose his job. <laughs> that dude's losing his job. What are your thoughts about the uh, museum scene, Kareem? I think the museum scene was, was great. Um, like I mentioned earlier, I think the, the, the excitement of it, um, every episode to me has felt slightly different. Um, and I think this is just another element um, that adds to the overall series. Um, but I, I think it was great. Did you notice the symbol? Did you notice the the, the etching on the on the in between the two crocodiles? Which I was like, thank God they don't have to go through the crocodile's mouth because that would have been too much um, to get into this to the bottom. But the, the the it was like in white above the writing on the tomb. It was like another one of the markers that were in the that was in the house in Ardham. I didn't notice that. I'm gonna have, I guess on my third playback, I'm going to have to look out for that that symbol. Um, it was the same symbols that was on the threshold of the actually no the, the curse on the magic house is in blood, so it wasn't the same symbols that that was in Artem. Then mm -mm. it was it was like a I'm sitting here showing you with my hands, and I'm like like you guys can totally see the way my hands are 
I'm not you can hear the wind moving when you move your okay, hands. Cool. So. so then it's like that, and then it's like this, and then it's like that. It looked like kind of like an A, but then lines around it, like almost like a star, but it wasn't a completed star. And then it was like something on the inside. Hmm. Maybe it's one of the uh, maybe it's one of the symbols that were uh, written on the Ar- an Arawak. Ooh, could be. That would make yeah. sense. And the. I guess when they get into the tunnel, I was expecting a lot more booby traps, but then they have that one um, uh, scene when they got to do the uh, uh, walk across that large chasm that reminded me of, you know, Indiana Jones in the Last Crusade when he's got to, you know, the faith of Christ, he's got to walk across that ca- uh, that gorge and, and hopefully he doesn't fall. I felt that's right. that was happening there. Um, it's like the leap they, of faith. Yeah, and they make it in. And I was surprised to see that elevator in the built in the basement. Like, what is how that to me was like it's a, almost like a Stargate kind of thing where it can just telewarp you to you know, and anywhere. Can I tell you? Okay, so it goes into the whole thing about what what we see when we get down into there. Mm-hmm. But after that point, I was like, oh, are those the caves? Like. So we, my, my assumption is like now the, ca- the entire cavern system mm-hmm. spans throughout the, the, the new world. Um, I hate saying that. You might be onto something because uh, we were under the assumption that uh, we, as in uh, over here at my house, we were thinking that all the lodges are interconnected by this tunnel system. Is that possibly how the uh, white guys were able to sneak into the basement of the house to uh, you know, tinker with the, um, the boiler in episode three? Um, and then also Letty uh, was shocked to see that one of the possibly dead uh, guys from who went missing in her neighborhood was floating by inside the tunnels underneath the museum. I was under the assumption that Letty and Tick and them put the bodies in that basement. So if no, see, that, and, so and that's in the house mysteriously. The house did it. I really think the house did it because that's what I was thinking. Like before, I was like Letty doesn't know, or that's what I said. Like I'm not sure if Letty's fully still 100 herself yet. Or if there's still something that has taken slightly over of her because she's now a resident of the house and because she died. Because I didn't think, I don't think that she knows that the bit, that, that, that it goes down that far. Mm-hmm. I doubt it. So I'm thinking like the house itself and the magic that's trying to get out right. is doing all of this, is doing some of these things. Or is it connected? Physically connected? Oh, it could be physically connected. Yeah. Because we don't know where the tunnels end and how deep they go. True. But we do know we can't walk across that bridge because that's crazy. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't have gotten that far. <laughs> I'd have been like, oh, time to turn back around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's go to the other one that had that. Let's go to the other way that was missing the uh, the lighter, the, the lantern. Let's Let's take that way. That's probably safer. I was like, yo, no, he did not. And then how did you lose the bag? Like, why did you throw the bag to Tick? Why didn't you just try to jump with the bag, dude? Because, like, what was in the bag? Like, it was all their supplies and what else? And then you just throw it? Like, no, jump with it. You can jump. I have faith in you. But that was cute that he said he's better than Jesse Owens. <laughs> that was cute. I love the little light moments in this episode. And that's what made so me like this episode. Even though, I mean, they were arguing, yelling at each other. It was like one of those things you could see a black family arguing about stuff. Don't push me. I'm doing this. I, I, get, I, I, can, I can do this myself kind of thing. Like, yeah, this is typical black family. This is what we're going <laughs> to start yelling at each other <laughs> when we should be working together. That, that's actually going to happen. 
I notice we're not getting to the whole what happened in the tunnel part. <laughs> like, I don't want to talk about it. We're slowly getting there. It's the, it's the buildup. Let's, let's build yeah. Before we get there, let's circle back with Ruby. So, like, yeah, with her, I'm still not sure. So, did they put that? Did Was Ruby, I'm like, for her story, it's a little weird. Because she said she had already applied and got denied the first time. Right? And and she was gonna work on her thing. And but is that like a way of how like part of me thinks like that's a nice little hint at how we as a people are always like, well, let me. I'm I'm doubting myself and I'm letting racism take over when I should just be fearless. And it's one of those thoughts of like you know how like they always say like well you know black people you always you always say it's the man's fault it's the white man's fault. Well, no, if you just took the initiative, you would have it. And I was like, oh, it's kind of what we're saying right here with Ruby right now. If she would have just took the initiative, would yeah, she but, have just gotten a job? Yeah, but I mean, that's 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 our 2020 uh, way of think logic, because then it wasn't so much, well, she has a qualification, you know, it's, it was a lot of times people weren't getting hired simply because of their gender, their body type, uh, and or this, this color of their skin. There, right. wasn't, like, it's, there was no EEOC back then where it says, <laughs> well, you have you should be able to hire no blacks you should be able to hire latinos and asians and stuff like that now back then it was like i don't like you you're not gonna hire keep it moving and all it comes to say well no this their store okay uh nowadays you really can't just blatantly tell them i'm not gonna hire you because you're black no that's that's not gonna happen they may not they may still not hire you because you're black but they won't at least they won't they don't have the balls like they did back then to tell you to your face i well i'm not gonna hire you because you're black no we we already got one darkie here keep it moving Okay, have a nice day. And you walk out with your head down. Now you say, like, okay, we're fighting. <laughs> we're going to jump a launch across this table and choke you out. I don't care. I don't want the damn job now. <laughs> I'll get more gratification choking you out. It's, it's an interesting storyline with her. Like, I wonder what um, they're going to try to do with her. Because I do think that some of that was a, a setup for her. I, I don't trust it. Definitely it was. Because of the realtor. <laughs> So I think some of that was like a setup for her to get her to think a certain way because she, you know, would she have realistically gotten the job or would um, Letty have gotten the job there? It's Letty would have got the job because Letty's lighter and Letty is thin. Um, I don't think Ruby would have got the job because she's a big black girl. And let's be honest, you're a clothing store. You're a, you're Marshall Fields. You're a, Lane Bryant. They wasn't catering to her. Right. So, so okay. she wouldn't have, she would have, she would be more of the house employee. Yeah. Which is funny when you think about it. Like, yo, when we think about stuff for like slavery, you want the light skinned people in your house and you want the dark skinned people outside. But when it comes to like post slavery, you want the dark skinned people in your house, working in your house, cleaning your shut, like cleaning your stuff, raising your kids. But you want the light skinned people that you could put out in the face. Of your company. Well, because you're going to interact a lot more with those people. Yep. So they, you know, rather they would probably feel more comfortable seeing one, seeing someone with a closer skin t- skin color as yep, theirs, as opposed to someone darker, because they have that idea that you know the dark skinned person might stale, or shifty, or lazy, blah blah blah. All these negative connotations, and stereotypes. They don't want that inside their store. Nowadays, you, you can't you can't you can't uh, uh, turn your head and see someone mimicking our culture and our style. So whatever. Pretty much. And then she runs into William. Yeah, I could talk about that part. 
Kareem. Is it William? Is William informed? Hence why I don't believe. I just, okay, screw it. So what is your theory about that? I hate that you're doing this. I do not. I need to know if Christina can shapeshift into William because we never see these two buggers together. As soon as Christina goes into the house, we make a point to focus on the fact that we see her go in. And they stay there, and then all of a sudden, you're, we're still at that scene. Nothing's happening. Still at that scene, and then we see William come out, beat the crap out the cops. Which you know what? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't think it's. I don't know. I don't think it's shape shifting. I think she has a golem kind of thing. Like she's she sends a like she has a. What, what I find weird about her was that when she was playing hide and go seek or whatever with the kids, like you never played this before. She's like, no, never. Like okay, what kid hasn't played? So maybe she's been all cooped up in the Artem Mansion for so long, like. She created this boy who's also a friend of mm. hers, almost like a figment of her imagination, but she's able to manifest it into reality. And then from there, she's now able to control him. You know, she's like a figure, almost like a physical apparition, apparition that she, you know, she sends him out to protect her and her interests. So she sends her, sends him out to beat up those cops who've been watching her kind of thing. Cause he just did appear like out of nowhere, like out of the bushes, he just pops up smooth operating and just whipped their ass. Um. I like it. I'm perfectly okay with that. Like, that was like my my few moments of, like, yay, like a, a breath of fresh air for the episode, uh, including with her not have never playing have never played hide and go seek before. I thought that was amazing. I thought that was really sweet. And I was like, oh, here's a light side of her that we don't get to see because she's for whatever reason. But the whole William, because okay, so not only so he goes. William, William goes, beats the police up, then goes to the bar where Ruby's at, where Ruby's singing. They have a discussion. Ruby's like, you're never going to sleep with me, white boy. For her very valid reasons. I mean, I was like, anytime somebody says it that often, y'all are totally about to screw. Because <laughs> that's how TV works. <laughs> it totally is. I mean, in reality, if you tell somebody I'm not sleeping with you, like that many times, you're not sleeping with the person. Like, But okay, it, this, is, this is fiction. So they had to have sex. But when they end up, okay, before they get to that point, I need her to stop doubting her true self, her abilities, who she is as a woman, who she is as a person, because he says, I can offer you these things. And I'm like, yo, you're not listening to what he's saying. You're assuming he wants to sleep with you. When someone offers stuff like this to you, that's generally a sign for me. It's a red flag. Like, hey, guess what? I need to get away from this psychopath. Because they could be physically crazy, mentally unstable. Like, there's so many things that are so wrong with everything he said to her. And I'm just like, she's not listening. Yeah. She's in her own world of pain, and she's not listening. Well, that's Which, probably why she wasn't listening, because she's in her own world of pain. But also, the, some of the lines that he was saying, she probably heard it before. Like, oh, I can offer you this. I can get you this. And here's some no, some white guy now telling her that, you know, I can, I can make all, I can do, basically, your dreams can come true. He didn't ask for he didn't ask for sex, but he's just saying I can provide everything you you want kind of thing. But I believe I'm sure you guys are in agreement that he was just using her to get into the house. So basically, almost almost like vampires aren't allowed into the house unless you or unless you grant them permission. So by him uh, seducing her back to her place, not his place, his house. No, that wasn't the house. You sure? That was not the house. I thought it was. Because that's not what Letty has in the um, center when you first walk in. Because I thought it was the house too. But then I was looking at the stairs and I was looking at the thing. I was like, no, that's not that house. I don't know what house they're in. But that, unless they seriously like change the layout, 
that wasn't the way it is because like the stairs were a winding stairs and that's not the way the stairs look when you first see the other house which again we know i'm gonna watch this again for like the 18th billion time and i'll verify but i do not believe they went into letty's house because at the time didn't his sister already move out she left that house no i thought she was still there I thought the, the lady I thought was... Oh, no, you're talking about Ruby. Ruby, I thought Ruby left the house because she was... Well, the, Ruby's living in a boarding house, so she may not be able to have a, a, a white guy come through at, at night. So she might have still used the old house. I thought it was the other house. I thought it was the, the haunted house. You might, you may be right, but I thought it was the haunted house, and I thought she was used, basically using it to sneak in. Well, yeah, the whole I'm a, I'm a drink your blood thing is really creepy to me. Like, I'm sorry, that's just... He was trying to show that he's a real one. He, he does. He's not going to stop no matter what. <laughs> I hate you both. I'm not going. I hate to say this, but I have a feeling that Letty's that Ruby's going to be trapped in that house, like as bait. Ah, uh, in order for them to bring out the Ori. Like, yeah, I have your sister. We, we right. do a trade. Your sister for the uh, for the uh, the Ori. But they don't even. She doesn't even. Uh, Christina doesn't even realize that Ori's not even in that house anymore. It's in a home that she would be able to easily walk into. Yep. Actually, no, not in the house, but in the shop. It's in Uncle George's shop or shop. store. But I guess we can now talk about William and why is the stupid tattoo on his, the, the time tattoo, it's a brand. He's branded with like a, a ram. Taurus or something like that. Yeah. So it's like, it's clearly a ram's head. And so I was trying to figure out like what the ram's head means in mythology, and I'm like, no, it's not. It's not a bull. It could be a bull, but I'm not really sure. Like, I don't want to go back to that scene. Okay, I just can't. I can't go back. <laughs> hey, to you want to see no Jimmy Dean sausage? <laughs> I, don't know. I hate both of you. Even though Kareem's not saying much, I hate you both. <laughs> it's like I'm the innocent victim here. Um, yeah, we don't need to watch the scene again. Uh, exactly. I, but I'm I was, like, I, I don't know what that was. And for her, I, maybe she was real junk. But I'm, I would like to presume that someone you know, in the midst of making out and stuff, you see some weird scar. You're gonna at least pause for a second. At least you, I'm like, I don't care how Randy I may feel. If I see that on somebody, I'm gonna stop because that, like, that takes a whole level of like pain to achieve, <laughs> and I don't know if I could deal with somebody who's got who's going through that level of pain. Like, that's dead center in your chest. Mm. Like, uh, uh-uh, mm, I don't. Nope. <laughs> I have been drunk enough. Nope. Still no. I have not been. Mm, no. <laughs> I just, I'm like, where, am I, where, where did you have out. to be in your mind? <laughs> exactly. That's a straight up timeout. Hold on. Let, let's discuss how we got to this point and then get the hell out. But I was looking at, I did think, I did look it up because it's a ram. So, like, if it's a ram or if it's a bull, if it's a ram, it's like, uh, I was like, what is the symbology, the, the symbolism for it? Like, what mythologies have it? Like, so for Egyptian, it's Amun Ra. Um, for Greek and Roman, it's Zeus, Ares, and Apollo all have that symbol. They all use the ram as their symbol. But it's also like the ram can be an enforcer. Which, now that you said before about how maybe he's her, maybe maybe he's a golem. Because the ram is an enforcer, it very well could be her golem. And he is her enforcer. So I was like, oh, shoot. Look at that. Like we're breaking it down before you, without even getting into the actual book itself. Right. See? <laughs> This is why I can't do things on my own because then I like I need I need outside opinions and thoughts to to rein me in. 
although probably not this episode. <laughs> <laughs> so, so where where we're at now? We're um, following Tick, Letty, and Montrose through the uh, I guess the tunnels underneath the museum or wherever else it, it's connected. Underneath America. <laughs> yeah, underneath America, wherever it's interconnected. Um, where they finally get to a uh, door that only Tick is able to unlock using his blood, uh, which then looks like it was under. It looked like it was the ship, like a, uh, the captain's quarters of a uh, of a sunken ship. Ship. Yep. Uh, we don't know where the ship is. I was thinking honestly, it was going to open up under uh, up the um, uh, just outside of uh, Boston or something like that. But they go inside, and it's a, it's a bunch of uh, mummies of I guess the Arawak uh, Native Americans. Uh, at, the, at a dinner table, some of them are, look like they're still stuck in poses, breastfeeding, and there's one uh, female, yeah. uh, well, trans mm-hmm. character or spirit. Say, yeah, spirit, because they said it was a, it's a, a female she and male would... trapped into into I guess spirit body or uh, essentially two she spirits would... in one body. Right. Yeah, so essentially what what we could, what we see as a hermaphrodite, because that's clearly what the character would be. She would be she would be a hermaphrodite. One set up, she has both sets of organs. Right. So. So that was yeah. kind of weird. That not not so much the, the mathematic, but the, 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 there was it was a dead corpse. No, you see the skeleton and 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 the, and the skin is like barely holding on to the bones, and then it becomes uh, alive again. Right when they um, when they try to grab the paper, and and that scene not so much when it grabs the actually when it grabs the paper, that whole scene of them all at the table, the the um, skeletons, it reminded me of Goonies. The final scene of Goonies when you yes! get through the tunnel and you get inside the boat with a one-eyed Willie. Really? And then it's like, you know, you see all the treasure and then you, you touch something and next, you know, the whole room, you know, you, he pulled, uh, Manchos pulled the uh, book of names from out of her hand and then it caused the the, intern, the inside of the ship to collapse. Similar to um, Goonies where they took the treasure and now the walls collapse and the boat is now setting off to sea and then it's, and the boat goes out to the ocean or whatever at the end of the movie. So that's why I was like, this movie, is, this movie, this whole episode felt like just one big uh, Goonies episode. Goonies, <laughs> uh, no, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, and, and Indiana Jones kind of thing, where it's just giving these nods to these different adventure movies. That's so because like, that lets you know how old we are, like what our frame of reference is. Because like, literally, it was the same exact thing. I was like, as soon as they started climbing up, I was like, wait, hold up, one, why are they climbing up? And I've, I just totally thought they like the door, like the door would open and they would go that way. I was not expecting the you have to climb up. And then I was like, what in the Goonies and the One-Eyed Willie? Y'all know better. Don't touch nothing. Do not touch anything. Don't go near nothing. Don't touch nothing. Has One-Eyed Willie touch you nothing? And I'm like, oh. Yeah, I thought it was before be that. More, I thought it was going to be more booby traps. I, I, I could have saw once Montrose put his hands on that thing, she was either going to lunge at him or something. Some, some, something was going to shoot out the ground and stick him. Just like this, y'all moving too cavalier <laughs> here, and I'm like, just don't. I'm like, don't touch the table, don't touch the people. When I saw the mother, best the, the woman breastfeeding the child, I was like, this is pure evil. Like, how, who does that? And I was like, well, man, now now we know because um, it is pure, right? It's a history of violence. Like, and that's the legacy of that history. Yeah. Um, I did not know what language they were speaking the first time I watched it through. I was like, what country? What form of... And I was like, oh. I had subtitles on, but not that sub- it didn't translate, but at least it said Arawak. So I was like, okay, these are Arawak Native Americans. But what's more important is that if the Book of Names, if, if, they, if Titus Brathwaite had, had to use this Native American, uh, this Arawak Indian, to translate this stuff, so therefore, the original book of names and the original text is here. not is, is fr- yes yeah, from is from the Americas, 
is not uh, of Caucasian origin. So no. does that mean that Adam and Eve are, are were definitely not Caucasian then? Clearly, yes. Okay. But they but they need that power, and that's what I was like. I was like, so we know that here they are. They they were familiar with this because it came from the cave of what did she say? It was like the cave of something because I couldn't get like what she was saying. Like I couldn't, I didn't catch her name the first time I watched it. I was like, uh, so. But I'm so okay. Sorry, focus. The caves. So she said that she was familiar with it from the caves of Alamunkundi. So my question is, do you think that that cave system is now part of the underground that we see? Could be. Um, I mean, it, I'm wondering if they're going to have to go back through the Well, the cave is flooded, so they may not be but able to go But the cave back. floods Every only at, at night with the tide, because that's, that's what the words on the bottom of the, well, on the ceiling were. Gotcha. But I was, I was curious about that. Like, so does that mean that they have to? I don't know. It's weird. It's a very interesting thing. But if... I think so. I think they're going to have to use the cave system some more to probably find maybe to get into another lodge or to find more information because they only have those those pages. Who has a bit? Does Christina have the other portion of the book? Well, no, she said the book is lost is what she said. But I'm like, we know the book is lost because Tick's great great grandmother stole the book. Right. So now we have to find out where that book actually is. Right. So she stole the book. The other guy had already taken pages from the book. So we have to find out one where that is. Maybe they need the time machine to go back and get a, a complete copy of the book or something. I don't really know. Hmm, maybe hoping. she has to go get it back from Tick's mother. Could be. But when um, one, one other uh, tidbit of information at, towards the end of it was that after they, uh, the trio escapes the tunnel, they end up back in uh, Chicago. They then they they call um, Lida and D saying, "Hey, we're back in Chicago." That's got to be a weird phone call. Like we just said, we we're gonna meet you back here at the ho- at the, uh, the the museum, and you now you call us up. Yeah, we're back. How did you? I mean, that's the, that's gonna be a conversation for when they eventually do meet up. How did you guys get back here so quickly? Uh-huh, like- that's not a that's not a well. It is a it is a one day drive, but. Y'all got back there faster than it took us to get here. So that's going to be something that they're not going to be able to BS her because she doesn't look like she's going to be, she can't get fooled easily. No, she can't, but she's on her way to Ardham, so. Yeah, that's going to be scary for her. So is she going to run into, now that the house is gone, she's going to, you know, is she going to run into the Shagaths uh, or you know, or that little village that's outside of the Ardham mansion? I'm praying for if her. If she has the <laughs> ability eventually to time travel, what would she try to do with that ability? I would say she would probably try to intervene uh, and stop George from getting killed. So George can come back alive. Yeah. But I mean, that means, hey, 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 be, hey. well, you're going to get stuck in one of these, these kind of time, time uh, uh, traveling TV show loops where by you changing the, the course of history may mean something else doesn't happen. So that you may not exist. And you got to, it's only one of those things you got to sacrifice. You got to let him die in order for you to continue existing or whatever have you. Or something um i don't know i mean I, she doesn't have the ori with her so she's not gonna be able to time travel. does she because we no. don't know where the ori is i thought she left it back at the shop because when she was we talking about yeah we don't know that's I, the thing we don't like because i never saw her take it with her either because that thing is pretty big how she sneaking out the house with nobody seeing her no yeah not so much even sneaking out the house because she's put she's going from her shop and you know, her and georgia's shop to her own car so it's not so much sneaking it but no 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 no, no. 
I mean, how did she get it out of Letty's house? Oh, okay. Because so like, we didn't see her take it. We saw yeah. her look like come back and then be like, oh, look for look for her kid again. But like we never saw her take the Ori out of the house. Like, yeah. How, how'd you get it? But maybe that could also explain why the daughter seems to be able to um, map locations she's never been to. You know, maybe some of this factors into her ability. Oh, but that was that's pre uh, uh, that's before she even had the Ori. So it's like she's got to have some kind of, or maybe she's or she's always had the Ori, and we just and time is forgetting. That's how time travel works. Yep, we just didn't know that she had it, but she's but she's had it, and she didn't know she had it. I mean, that just uh, that brings. Hey, look, 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 look! We've all seen. Time show movies and TV like, shows this that is never like made dark. sense. <laughs> is, is Lida going to be uh, her own mother kind of thing? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think it'll get that deep into it, but in terms of the way events play out, um, you can't change everything, but you can utilize situations as follow up. So if she saw George, you know, after a while, everyone thinks George is dead. Can she then try to intervene at that point to save him? Possibly. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll find out. Um, yeah, I mean, we're definitely going to spoil the very ending of episode four. We're going to leave some uh, mystery. Uh, we're just going to say that it was something horrible and there's some freaking symbolism. I got to see how things going to turn out in episode five. That's that's all I'm saying. How are things going to turn out in episode five? Oh, wait. Can I say one thing without spoiling the episode? Yeah. Okay. So as we're in the room in the house and you, I like the, I like the use of color because you see her you see the room, you see that crescent red of light on the wall. And I was like, that's effed up. That's so effed up. That's so effed up, but it's smart. And then when somebody else comes into the room, the room turns a little, like the colors change from red to like a blue. Wait, wait which room is this? At the very end, the reason uh, why I, the reason okay. why I hate somebody, okay. the reason why I hate okay. the one person that I hate the most in this entire episode, gotcha. what happens? in the room when you go in like when she's when he, he when one person comes out and the other person's still in the room you see the light uh, that's shown against the wall and it's in a crescent shaped red and then somebody else goes back into the room and then it turns blue like the room that when we see the coloring with that person it's more of a blue tone mm-hmm. and i was like you sob could be i i i i think so um yeah, episode five has got it's unless it's dealing heavily with a certain character. They definitely it, the actions taking place at the end of episode four have a lot more questions to be answered for by that character because there's no way to hide their actions. None whatsoever. No. None. And I, ooh, just saying, really, oh, really, really. But before, before we wrap up, I do recall uh, there's another scene in the museum. Uh, when they were going, uh, Montrose was speaking with the security guard, and he, you know, and I think Tick asked him, "How do you know?" Him? He just, I, "I know the guy." So maybe that's also again, you know, Mont- uh, Montrose, and not so much living a double life, but uh, Montrose may have close relations with other men, um, and that maybe that guy also um, knows him, maybe from social clubs or something like that, because he didn't go over to him, "Hey, man, how so and so?" And like how you would do someone, you would be, you would introduce to your friends and family kind of thing and say, hey, you know, this is so-and-so. He's going to hook us up and show us what we need to look for inside the museum. It was one of those, you stand over here. This is my CI. This is my contact over here. I'm just going to right. whisper something to him. You're going to do a handshake and then he's going to, you know, he goes off on about his, his business. Because it wasn't like he was 
giving him anything um, illegal or, you know, I'll put this over here in the bag, pretend like you don't know me. You know, they went over, whispered, shook his hand, and then he came back, okay, he told me we can do this and this. Like, why can't y'all all three, I just go over there and talk? Because it wasn't like D, Light or a tree were even with you guys at the time. So why didn't all three of you guys move as a unit, talk to him, then go ahead and look around and do whatever you guys got to do? Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Okay. Can we do highlights of the episode? I know we're to the rest of the end, but like, what's your favorite light moment or your highlight of the moment for the episode? Favorite light moment? Uh, probably uh, when, um, what's this guy's... Uh, when Letty uh, crashed and uh, broke that uh, museum display, they said, we'll, we'll, we'll look for it. And she just, like, <laughs> without even, with no, no, no gentleness, with no subtlety whatsoever, she just broke the glass. And the guy's like, oh, he's going to get in trouble now. <laughs> I think that was probably my uh, uh, light moment of the episode. Okay, Kareem, yours. Um, mine would be the adventure scenes, especially the jumps and walking across that bridge, mm-hmm. because every fear they express to me that hits home so i always find those scenes funny because i know exactly how they feel in those scenes so they're like you better catch me those type of lines it's like like yeah you better (laughs) for me for me can i say it was at the very beginning in the library when they're in the library where letty comes in Uh uh-huh and she's yelling and cussing a tick and that little boy is like shh (laughs) <laughs> and he said because it sets the whole song because he's reading which I thought was perfect and I love that books play a, such an important role in this he's reading Journey to the Center of the Earth and I was like bam yeah. you set the entire yeah. thing up and then the little boy is just like shh and then he gets up move, like he throws his book down like dang it like doesn't say dang but like throws his book down moves from the table that he's at to the next table and they're still like being too loud and he's just like shh I was like, this is the best thing in the world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, the Journey to the Center of the Earth, I've never read the, the original novel. Uh, so I'm wondering if there's symbolisms of that book title yes. or that book towards the actual episode themselves, as far as people yes. going on the ground, <laughs> uh, like looking for codes and stuff like that. So Yes. Okay. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is perfect. So we know what you're going to do. So now like, I'm, I'm tuned in for every time there's a beginning episode, like at the beginning of the episode. I'm looking for whatever books are are delightfully placed around so I can say that's the theme for this episode. We, we still try to figure out this stuff with Dracula book. You know, the Bram Stoker Dracula, uh, Count of Monte Cristo is another book they mentioned in the Journey to Center as well. Well, okay. So I have thoughts about the Count of Monte Cristo, right? So remember the Count of Monte Cristo, there was technically twins mm-hmm. that one person had the face, but the one that was behind, that one that the one that was in the Iron Mask was the one that was the actual true king. So what if Montrose has a double face, which goes into your whole thought, which you guys both pushed out as that he's working for someone else. Like, could it be he's working for Christina? Like, he's working for someone else, and like that's his other face. Like, he has moments of do of his of both sides of his face. Like, both characters. Like, one is a good guy, one's a bad guy. Possibly because originally we, uh, I know Cream said he mentioned that how he um, was abducted or stuff. Tree said he saw him getting into, look like of his own volition, getting into that guy, that fancy car. Uh, and, and we've never seen William driving anything. We've always seen Christina driving uh, the vehicle. So it's possible that, you know, again, using a golem or using a um, shape-shifting ability, she made herself look like, you know, a white guy 
and you know, persuades him or seduces him to get into the car and then drive off. But possibly that, you know, maybe you know, Montrose may like men. So using William to kind of entice him or to seduce him to get to go into the car. And then once he gets in the car, it's like, aha, I got you, fool. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to take you to our home. And now we're going to lock you in this, this, um, this tower kind of thing. Could be. See, see, we need a thought. We need thoughts. We don't know. We don't All know. these, I mean, that's, I think that's probably the best part about this is not knowing exactly what's going to happen next week. We never know. But yep. nothing to do with any, any possible spoilers or anything. Right. One scene <laughs> that I did like. Uh, was the very beginning seeing Christina driving through Chicago, like Museum Mall, uh, in, in the in the I don't know if that Rolls Royce or whatever it is. But then having Rihanna, bitch, better have my money playing. I yeah. love that. I was like, <laughs> she come, she coming to collect for you. People. And then she walked right into the magic wall. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wait, somebody had already reposted that, and it was like when they when they denied access to the cookout. <laughs> <laughs> Karen brought that potato salad with raisins. Nope. <laughs> She's like, who helps you get rid of him? Like, oh, yeah. I'm going to need everybody to start putting them symbols up on these walls, which is kind of very biblical, the fact that it had to be blood. I'm just saying. I thought that was more like voodoo. But, I mean, I'm not knowledgeable voodoo, so I thought that was what they were doing it's with both. Blood. So, like, okay. in the Bible, when, the, when God sends the plagues upon Egypt, which is why I'm thinking it might be like Amun-Ra, but whatever. Um, when the God sends the plagues upon Egypt... What they, what he's told, what the, what the Jews are told, what the Hebrews are told is to mark their doors with blood. And I think it's in the form of an A. I don't, don't quote me on that part, but they have to mark a symbol above their doors so that the, the angel of death will know not to come that will, will not enter. Mm. Yeah. So I was like, oh, so we got that. And so. Angel of death got them no knock warrants. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, Angel Death has no not anymore. <laughs> but yeah, so that's kind of what it felt like to me. Like I was like, oh, so, but like even though it's in voodoo, but it's also like still it's very very biblical. And again, with the sons of Adam, because the that particular plague was to t- to kill the firstborn male of mm-hmm. every household. And like I think you had to use like I said use goat blood or something like that, but whatever. That's not necessary. Okay, so maybe the thing was maybe okay. So you know, Jews had to sacrifice the lambs and goats for at the altar for their sins. Uh-huh. Y'all do not know that. Yeah. So I'm wondering if that's because again we go that damn symbol on that dude's chest bothers me. I'm sorry, and I'm. But if he is a golem, then I okay. Man, golem getting his rocks. I believe he's a golem. I think we, I, I, I don't see her being a shapeshifter. I feel like she just uses him to do her bidding uh when she's either you know it's, uh, when it's got to be a man present or, or a man only kind of thing she just doesn't seem like the one to actually be the aggressor to physically um attack someone like when she when when william beat up the cops just looking at her when she was playing with those kids outside um when christina was playing with the kids in hide and seek she just looked like she's uncomfortable like i've never been i've never had a real childhood kind of thing it always reminds you of seeing like michael jackson with kids like he's like he just looks awkward like i'm trying to be a kid i'm trying to re- see how it is to be young but at the same time i'm a, i'm a grown ass and uh adult trying to recapture my youth and that's what she's like she's all running all i don't know maybe that's just how she physically walks but she just looked uncomfortable when she was trying to play um with the uh, kids with the kids unless she was just doing that just to get the attention of the large members but it just looked weird. She doesn't look like she's ever been a child before, but yeah, it's weird. I will say this. 
the actress that played Yahima, she did damn good. Uh, Monica, Mon- Monique Candela- Candelaria. That's all. She is awesome. Yeah, that was good. And again, Letty still with the really great lines in these episodes. Like, Letty coming to be the, the favorite person of everybody. Oh, but did y'all notice that everything was in threes? What do you yeah. mean? Everything's in threes. Three entry, three, three, um, three wall, three, three, three tunnels. Even when he gets to the thing with the guy's hand in the wall, mm-hmm. the door above the t- above the water, there's the three doorways. Below, there's another set of three. Like everything around is in sets of threes. I thought it was only two tunnel options they could have chosen. Three tunnels. Each person had an option. Tick had one. Letty had one, and the father had one. They were each at three different doors. I wonder what down what's down the other two tunnels. There were three of them. Yep, there are three of them. But like everything was like sets of threes, like three rays in the sun. Everything just seemed to be threes. So maybe there are three different powers at play. Well, there's a tri- they're the trinity, so maybe that's what it is. Yep. It's all evil. It's all evil. Well, we're gonna rewatch it tonight at nine o'clock and live tweet it. Woohoo! Uh, so I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Me too, cause I, cause now I told you I really want to see what like what the different people involved are tweeting. Now that I'm following um, the woman that's the creative director, the creative person behind it, I'm following her because I want to see what she writes about it. Cause maybe because sometimes they give their own little insights on things that people that other people don't. Misha Green. Yes, Misha yeah. Green. Thank you. I need to burn you. Well, this wraps up our episode four of Lovecraft Country, A History of Violence. We will be live tweeting uh, Sunday night at nine o'clock while we all watch Lovecraft Country. Have a good one. No itch when I kick it cause it's pre-ordained When I spray pull at three Hokage Beyond sight, think a night made me move all ways It's hard to see three ninjas when they move on stage Now in tune of the sound of the new old age Bookworms more clever, the stakes is higher The stakes is higher, based on the day it's wire The culture ain't the case of day-to-day attire nah. Respect the frame, the bands is fire Pay comments when you speak about us Pay comments when you speak about us Pay comments when you speak about us yeah.